Let us pray together. Brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, open for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Therefore, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for the full access that we have to enter your holy throne. That through your Son, Jesus Christ, through the great high priest, we are able to enter your holy throne with thanksgiving and with full assurance and with full confidence. For God, I do not stand here in my own strength or with my own merits but simply broken before your holy presence. It is by the cross and by the cross alone that we are able to enter your holy throne. So God, we thank you for this opportunity to be even able to pray to you, to sing to you, and to receive your grace, and to receive your mercy, to receive this costly grace that we are so not deserving of. Lord, we are here today with humble hearts and with grateful hearts. And in this mortal body, we will worship you until we take our final breath here on this earth. I pray, God, that as we transition to the message, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all the hearts who will be listening here today, Lord, may be pleasing in your sight, O oh Lord, for you are our rock and our redeemer. We thank you. We love you. We give you all the glory and all the thanks and all the honor. Pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, let me pray. And God's people pray. Amen and amen. God bless you, church. This is a message that was motivated by the service that few of us attended in Oregon last Sunday. This was a passage that Reverend Jason preached upon, and I was so encouraged that I wanted to share this message with you. And what's crazy is that we ended the year 2021 and began the year 2022 with Hebrews chapter 11, uh, with hope, the trinity of virtue. And Reverend Jason went ahead and did Hebrews chapter 10, and I thought it was very fitting because he represents the first generation. Uh, the first generation are our parents who came before us, who set the foundation for us, and therefore we stand upon the shoulders of the previous generation. And therefore what they represent in Hebrews chapter 10, we go ahead and we go further in Hebrews chapter 11, and we continue on and we give the next generation that will come after us the opportunity and the encouragement and the push as we have received from our previous generation. I pray that we would have the alertness and the desire and the heart to help the next generation so that they can and bring the gospel of Jesus Christ with passion and with alertness, especially in this day and age. Amen? So I pray that we'll be encouraged through this message today that's found in Hebrews chapter 10, <coughs> verse 19 
to 25. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 to 25. And the title of today's message is called The Christian Confidence. The Christian Confidence. Let's go ahead and start with our main passage found in Hebrews chapter 10, 19 to 25. And the title says, A Call to Persevere in Faith. Starting with verse 19, it says this, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Verse 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Amen and amen. Starting with point number one is this. We have full confidence, full assurance, and full access to God in Christ. Amen and amen. When I say access, I'm talking about exclusiveness. I'm talking about having full access to see God face to face. Not all can see God face to face and be able to live. I am talking about being able to commune with God and not dying. I am talking about seeing God face to face, to dine with Christ face to face as we feed upon the Word of God. And only Christians, only those who are disciples of Jesus Christ, only those who belong to Christ can dine with Christ, can have full confidence, full assurance, full access to God in Christ. If you are not in Christ, this truth is not yours to partake in. You cannot be part of this confidence, this assurance, this access to God, because without Christ, we do not have full access to God. It is only through Jesus Christ. And the truth is, without Christ, we do not, we cannot have full access to God. In the Old Testament, it was called the Day of Atonement. It is now called Yom Kippur. To understand the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, it's found in Leviticus chapter 16, Leviticus chapter 23, Numbers chapter 29, and Acts chapter, I believe it's 26 or 29. Uh, it's for us to check later. But it is mentioned about the Day of Atonement. So what is the Day of Atonement? In the article on the website learnreligions.com, the writer describes the Day of Atonement like this, and it says, in quote, The Day of Atonement, or Yom Kippur, is the highest holy day of the Jewish calendar. In the Old Testament, the high priest made an atoning sacrifice for the sins of the people on the Day of Atonement. In this case, it was Aaron. This act of paying the penalty for sin brought reconciliation, meaning a restored relationship between the people and God. After the blood sacrifice was offered to the Lord, a goat was released into the wilderness to symbolically carry away the sins of the people. This scapegoat was never to return. And as Christians, 
The Day of Atonement is a symbol of what Christ did for us on the cross. The scapegoat that took away our sins, that atoned for our sins. It says sin equals death, sin equals punishment. And we as human beings, because we are sinful beings, we deserve death. But the sin, death that was to come upon us, it went upon a scapegoat. And in this case, as Christians, the Day of Atonement is a symbol of Jesus Christ, what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. The one who took away God's wrath from us. We are deserving of God's wrath, but he is the one who brought us from death to life because he rose again from the dead. He rose again. He resurrected. He ascended into heaven and now sits at the right hand of the Almighty God, for he is fully God. He is the one that brought you from death to life. That is what the Day of Atonement represents for us as Christians. That's why it says in Hebrews 10, verse 19 to 22, it says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place, the most holy place is where God dwells. It's where the presence of God dwells. The holiness of God dwells. We have confidence to enter the most holy place. By what? By the blood of Jesus. The sacrifice. By a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest, over the house of God. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. The curtain is a thick curtain where when Christ died, it says the curtain ripped in half. It's a symbol of God's body being ripped in half, his body being destroyed, and we have full access to the most holy place, which we have access, full access, full confidence, full assurance to God in Christ. Meaning without Christ, we are forever doomed. Because we cannot approach God with sin, with rebellion. Who can stand and who will stand before the holy presence of God? Nobody. That's why we see all throughout the Bible, specifically in the Old Testament, we spoke about Uzzah in 2 Samuel chapter 6. The story of Uzzah, when they bring the ark of God, ark of God represents the presence of God. And it says in verse 3, they set the ark of God on a new cart and brought it from the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. Uzzah and Ahio, sons of Abinadab, were guiding the new cart, and the ark of God was on it, and Ahio was walking in front of it. David and all Israel were celebrating with their might before the Lord, with castanets, harps, lyres, timbrels, sistrums, and cymbals. When they came to the threshing floor of Nakon, Uzzah reached out and took hold of the ark of God because the oxen stumbled. Verse 7, the Lord's anger burned against Uzzah because of his irreverent act. Therefore God struck him down, and he died there beside the ark of God. Then David was angry because the Lord's wrath had broken out against Uzzah. And to this day, that place is called Perez Uzzah. We understand, and because we've done messages on this before, we've done Bible studies on this before, for the ark of God, the presence of God, is meant to be carried on poles by Levites. But they had it on an oxen, on a cart, when it stumbled, Uzzah reaches out 
thinking that he can casually touch the presence of God. But he, God's anger, his wrath pours out upon Uzzah, for they treated God's presence with contempt. They treated God casually, and therefore Uzzah, his life was paid by death. The Lord's anger burned against Uzzah because of his irreverent act. Therefore, God struck him down, and he died there beside the ark of God. We cannot approach the presence of God without reverence. We cannot casually approach the presence of God because we are sinners, and sin equals death. And God makes it very clear that with sin, you cannot draw near to me. And we see it all throughout, even the story of Moses with the burning bush, Exodus chapter 3. In quote, the title says, Moses and the burning bush. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flocks to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight while the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals. For the place where you're standing is what? Ready? One, two, three. Holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. It is very specific here. Moses hiding his face not seeing God face to face because he was afraid to look at God. We should be afraid before the presence of God, before the holiness of God. We cannot see God face to face because of his holiness. And then it goes on. If you go to Exodus chapter 33 and 34, as Moses, as he draws closer to God, as God draws closer to Moses, we see God revealing himself more and more to Moses and to his people, his chosen people, the Israelites. And in Exodus chapter 33, this particular story, Moses, he goes up to Mount Sinai to receive the Ten Commandments from God. And here in Exodus chapter 33, we see Moses, he's about to see God face to face. He's about to see a glimpse of the glory of God. Exodus chapter 3, he was afraid. He had to take off his sandals. He was afraid, and he, could, he had to hide his face. He couldn't look at God because of the power of God, because of the holiness of God. But in Exodus chapter 33, it says, the title says, Moses and the glory of the Lord. And it says in verse 12, Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people. But you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your way so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us off from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Then Moses said, now show me your 
glory. What Moses is asking is a very serious request. You cannot just go casually up to God and say, show me your face, God. Show me your glory. And the Lord said, verse 19, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I'll proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. Verse 21, then the Lord said, there's a place near me where you may stand on a rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and you will see what? Not my face, but my back. But my face must not be seen. And when Moses sees the back of God, a glimpse of God, the glory of God, it says, skipping to Exodus chapter 34, next chapter, his face was so radiant that others could not see his face. It says, the radiant face of Moses. Verse 29, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets, the Ten Commandments of the covenant law in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he has spoken with the Lord. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant, and they were afraid to come near him. So we understand in context of understanding the holiness of God that in the Old Testament, no one can casually just go up to God, the presence of God, like Uzzah, touch it, and live. You cannot casually see the glory of God and see God face to face and live. For God made it clear, you cannot see my face. You see my face, you will not live. My face must not be seen. Moses, you want to see my glory? Stand upon that rock. I'm going to cover you and protect you. I'm going to cover you and you'll see a glimpse of my back. And just from seeing a glimpse of God's back, his face was radiant. And others were afraid to come near to Moses. So we understand, going back to point number one, when I say we have full confidence, full assurance, and full access to God. And the key here is in Christ. You need to understand the weight of that meaning. What it means to have full confidence, full assurance, and full access to God in Christ. Moses saw a little bit, a glimpse of the presence of God the back of God, and he was able to live because God has shown mercy by covering Moses. But now as Christians, we have full confidence through Jesus Christ. We are able to talk to God face to face, to receive his word face to face, to dine at his feet, through his word, face to face. That's why when I do the benediction in the end, in references Numbers chapter 6, let's go there, 22 to 26, it says, The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons, This is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, verse 24, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. Not kill you, not destroy you, but be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. So whenever you receive benediction in the end, when you hear this prayer, understand 
the weight and how precious and how powerful this blessing is to be able to have full confidence, full assurance, and full access to God in Christ. Amen? Amen. So quickly, so point letter A, B, C. A is this. We have the great high priest, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Letter B, we have the blood of the great high priest once and for all. The word here, blood, is a violent language. It represents the suffering, the beating, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. The wrath that was to fall on mankind, to fall on us, the suffering represents the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is through his blood. It is through his resurrection. And let us see, we have complete freedom from our guilty conscience. It says specifically in verse 22, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. It's the presence of God that washes us, that makes us pure. Amen. So again, point number one, we have full confidence, full assurance, and full access to God in Christ. Point number two, we have full hope in Christ, in the one who is forever faithful. Amen and amen. Full hope. I'm tying this together with the message that Reverend Jason gave and with the message that I gave on New Year's Eve day, leading to New Year's Day, which is about hope, the hope that we have in Christ. We can hope in Christ because he is forever faithful. Let's look at verse 23. It says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. You can only hope in what is strong, in what is consistent, in what is unchanging, in the one who is faithful. And in our case as Christians, our God, Jesus Christ, he is forever faithful. Therefore, we have full hope in Christ. It says in NLT, it says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Amen and amen. So 1 Peter 3.15, this should bring some back memory going back to our New Year's Eve service. A question that was asked in one of the points was 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. And it says, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. And the points that I gave, and I changed them. I'm using the same points, but I'm changing it to the sub-points here quickly. Letter A to E, starting with letter A, is we have transcendent peace. B, infinite fortitude. C, blessed assurance. D, perfect acceptance. E, supreme counselor. We receive 
all these costly, priceless gifts that stems from the hope that we have in Christ. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone that asks you, to give the reason for the hope that you have. And what should your answer be? You have transcendent peace, infinite fortitude, blessed assurance, perfect acceptance, and we have supreme counselor of the Holy Spirit. And the reference from these points is found in Romans chapter 5, verse 1 to 11. And if you, as a church, count on 1 to 3, let's all read this together, starting from verse 1. Ready? 1, 2, 3. Go ahead. Therefore, since you have been justified through faith, you have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace, which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character of hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit understand again there's another word blood that is found in verse 9 is a violent language describing the gruesome death and the suffering of Jesus Christ how much more shall be saved from God's wrath through him and we understand with and through Romans 5 we have transcendent peace infinite fortitude blessed assurance perfect acceptance and we have the supreme counselor meaning point number two we have full hope in Christ and the one who is forever faithful as it says in Hebrews 10 23 let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful amen and amen and last point here, point number three. We have full admission in Christ to do acts of love. When I say love, I'm talking about action, for love is action. To love is to do. And with that, Let's quickly go over our sub-points. Letter A, do continue to motivate others towards love. Letter B, do continue to do good deeds together in love. Letter C, do continue 
to meet together in love. Letter D, to continue to encourage each other in love. And lastly, letter E, do continue to worship together in love. When I say letter A, to motivate, I'm talking about to help in motivating others to choose the path of peace, to choose the path of love, not hate and not division. And all these sub-points, they go together, hand in hand. We have full mission in Christ to do acts of love according to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 to 25. There are enough discouragements in this world. There are too many negative things happening in this world. Therefore, as Christians, as Christian men and women of God, we must put on our hearts and our lips into positive action with words of encouragement, not words that tear one another down, but words that will encourage, that will edify the church with words of encouragement in meeting together, in worshiping together, in continuing and doing good works, good deeds together, and most importantly, coming together and worshiping together in love and worshiping God together as a church. The words we speak, the actions that we show is very crucial as Christian men and women of God. Specifically, James chapter 3, verse 1 to 12, it talks about the words, the power of your words, the power of the tongue. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways, Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep his whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue, the mouth, is a small part of the body but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great force is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have, not, who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring. My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Amen and amen. And ending with this, verse 24 to 25. Let's all read together. Ready? One, two, three. And let us... Consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day 
approaching. Amen and amen. Going back to the title, The Christian Confidence. Where is your confidence? Is your confidence found in yourself, in your past achievements, in how strong you think you are? Or is it found before the cross, humble and broken, realizing that we are just finite beings here on this earth? Without God, we have no purpose, we have no hope, and we have no access to our maker, to our creator. Your sole purpose here on this earth is to know the Lord, your God, to know him and to love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, nothing more and nothing less. What I've been learning this past week is how fleeting this life is. And without God, we have no life. Only in Christ is there life and life to the full. Do not trust in riches. Do not trust in what you have. But trust in the one who gives and who can take all away. But don't be afraid. Don't be afraid as Moses was afraid when he saw the burning bush or the presence of God. Yes, in the Old Testament, we were all doomed. We have no hope. There is no way that we can approach the presence of God, the holiness of God, by living. We cannot survive. We will instantly die as Uzzah did. But now, through the death and the resurrection of the great high priest, who gave his life as a scapegoat on your behalf, on my behalf, I am able to enter his holy throne, the most holy place, with full assurance, with full confidence, and full hope that is found in Christ. And that is the greatest gift that any human being can receive. That is the greatest gift that God has given you and that God has given me. And without that truth, without the truth of the gospel, without the truth of the cross, without him, there is no truth. Everything else are things that, that we have, that we hold on with false hope. But I have full hope in Christ I have full mission in Christ. I have full assurance in Christ. I have full confidence in Christ because of what Christ did on the cross. Meaning because he lives, I live. Therefore, we are able to come together as Christian men and women of God to worship together. What a blessed assurance. What a blessing it is to come together to worship together as God's people, to lift up our hands and worship and to give him all the glory and all the honor that he deserves. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Lord, thank you for the peace and the hope and the assurance that we have in Christ. Thank you that we are able to enter your holy throne with full assurance, with full confidence, and with full hope that is found in Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, that it is not by my merits, it is not by my accomplishments or by my good deeds, but it is simply by your mercy. It is simply by your grace. So I pray, God, 
that has deep roots, members, that they will continue to hold on to you unswervingly in the hope that we profess, in the hope that is found in Jesus Christ of the one who is forever and forever and forever and forever faithful. Let's just take a moment right now before the presence of God to receive the full truth of the message that we heard today. Receive the blessing, the blessing that comes from His Word, the truth that was spoken to you. Do not remain in your guilty conscience, for you are free in Christ. For in Him there's freedom, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. So receive the truth here today. Dine and chew and digest His Word this morning. Receive the truth of God and be set free. Be set free. Be set free. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace and not wrath. Through the Son, through the sacrifice of his one and only Son, Jesus Christ, we have, number one, Full confidence, full assurance, full access to God in Christ. We have the great high priest. We have the blood of the great high priest. And we have complete freedom from our guilty conscience. To cleanse us from our guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. We have full hope in Christ, in the one who is forever faithful. We have transcendent peace. We have infinite fortitude. We have the blessed assurance. We have the perfect acceptance. We have the supreme counselor. And we have full mission in Christ to do acts of love, to continue to motivate others, to continue to do good deeds together, to continue to meet together, to continue to encourage each other, and to continue to worship together in love. Let us receive the Word of God this very morning. Let us pray together. Christian confidence. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed 
with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another unto our love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. At this time, I want to invite the praise team to come up. Let us all get ready to make this last praise not just song, a song that we sing, but may it be your prayer this very morning. May it be your heart's desire to cry out to the Lord and to receive all the blessing that he has in store for us. The Christian confidence. You are not called to be defeated. You are not called to be succumbed by your guilty conscience, to believe the lies and the whispers and the shouts of Satan's words. But you are free, and you are free indeed, for you are in Christ. Be confident in Christ. Be confident and be victorious in Christ, in Him, is truth. So with that, with our voices, can we all stand to our feet? And starting with verse 1, let's sing together. Let's make this our worship and our praise and our prayer before the living God. Our labor striving in this world.
Lord, in the end, every breath, every being will declare that you are the King of glory, who was and who is to come, the author and the perfecter, the beginning and the end of our faith. Just like the song that we sang, Lord, you are coming soon. Therefore, we will prepare the way of the Lord. For the King of glory is coming soon. And as we have read in Hebrews chapter 10, and as it ends here in the last verse, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Heavenly Father, the end is near. The day of the Lord is near. Our fragile bodies will come to its end. But Lord, your glory, who you are, the world of the Lord will last forever and ever and ever. And we will worship you forever and ever and ever. So we humble ourselves to you this very day. We humble our hearts. We humble who we are. We approach your holy throne with brokenness and with humility. And God, and confidently, with full assurance, with full hope that we have in Christ, with the full access that we have in Christ, we look to you not with a guilty conscience, but we look to you with boldness and with confidence for what you have done for us on the cross. I just want to thank you today for your precious message, for a precious reminder that God, it is not by might, it is not by power, but simply by the Spirit of the living God that we are able to approach your holy throne with full confidence. The Christian confidence, may we not be quick to forget in who we are and whose we are. We thank you, we love you. Pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, let me pray. And God's people pray. Amen and amen. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us this beautiful Sunday and blessing us with this space and with the message delivered to us through Reverend Andrew this morning. Lord, we thank you for the full confidence, full assurance, and full access to our Father that we have through you. Thank you for atoning for our sins through your death and your resurrection. Because of your blood and your sacrifice, we have been spared from death and have been given new life and complete freedom from our guilt and our shame. With the full hope that we have in you and through the overflow of your great love for us, we will also continue to love those around us. May everything we do honor you and may we remain faithful to you in every moment of our lives for we desire to worship you and to abide in you always. At this time, we lift this offering up to you, thankful for you and for all that you have done for us. Pray that this offering will be used to further your works and bring glory to your name. Please continue to watch over each of our members and protect them and their families this week. We love you and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.